time to try and find a winner in terms of harness racing and also greyhounds. Mick Guerin joins us. G'day, Mick. Good morning, boys. Hope you're well. Um, I'm pumped, fellas, because not only are we looking for some New South Wales winners, but I'm stuck in New Zealand, which is in lockdown, but the racing's returned. Thank God, boys, because when there's no racing and no rugby league to watch, it can be a long old week. We're back on track. <laughs> it certainly can be, mate. Um, tomorrow night at Menangle, we've got uh, eight races on the card. We've also got harness racing in New South Wales today. We've got a Group 3 on the card there tomorrow, though, at uh, Menangle. Yeah, look, the big story tomorrow, Dave, is the king is back. Luke McCarthy is the absolute king, not only of Menangle, which he's dominated for so long, but he's the king of Australian harness racing. He's the best when it comes to... Uh, formally training these days is what Belinda trains the team, but Luke's the driver who you know has won the last two Miracle Miles. He's won every race you could possibly imagine that matters. And he's been stuck up in Queensland for most of the last two months because Belinda and he went up there to campaign some horses at the carnival. And of course, there wasn't much reason to be rushing back. But he's come back and he's driving tomorrow night. Now, what we've seen in the last two to three months is Jason Grimson has had an incredible run with his horses. But it's also been a slightly softer school because you haven't had Luke and Belinda rolling out these horses with Luke driving them. That sort of starts a little bit tomorrow, and it's going to get a lot busier heading forward. So with the Grimson team being in huge form, as is Jack Trainer's team, um, Kerry Ann Morris was in good form last week, Cameron Hart, has been tearing it up in the Premiership, and then you chuck Luke back into this mix, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And for those who follow the Gallops who don't follow the harness racing that much, and I don't say this lightly because James McDonald's a close personal friend of mine, but Luke McCarthy is the James McDonald of harness racing. He's that good. And I don't say that lightly because I know that a lot of the four-man lists now work out that J-Mac's a two-length advantage to a horse. I think with Luke, it could be at least that much, if not better. So not saying he's going to clean sweep the card tomorrow. That's not going to happen. But he is going to add a new dynamic to the night. I think he'll win a couple of races. And I actually like him on a horse who could be $15 in one race too, David. Ooh. All right, let's uh, get our pens and paper out. What are we um, What are we backing, mate? Well, at the feature race of the night, a really interesting one because it's a group three, the Kevin Newman, and the favourite's Majestic Cruiser, who's one of those Grimson horses who's been absolutely fine. But both his last two wins have come from back in the field. Tab fought it up short tomorrow, around $3. I'm just not entirely thinking it's the perfect race for him. I'm not saying it can't win, but I just think it's a trick race for Majestic Cruiser. I don't mind Bright Energy, who's been racing at the elite level, up in Queensland. Now, he's come back. Tab's got him 6.5, and I think that's very, very fair because he has good gate speeds. So that's race six. We're going a little bit of value there, race six, number seven. The bet of the night for us is in race seven. That's number six. It's one of the Belinda McCarthy horses. Ironically, Luke's not driving it. Horse called Mafuta Vorton. Now, he's been racing against the big boys in the free-for-all, and he's handled himself pretty well sort of second, thirds and fourths in decent races. Drops back to a rating 95, but it's not a very strong rating 95. There's two 95s on there tomorrow night, but this is not a strong one. He just falls into it beautifully. And more importantly, a lot of the horses in the race aren't in very good form. So he's our bestie 
Race seven, number six, Mafuda Vorton. It's a leg of the quaddy, obviously. I'm happy to go one out on him because I think the first leg of the quaddy is a little bit tougher. And I think the third leg's not, sorry, the, uh, sorry, the second leg of the quaddy is a little bit tougher. So he's the better than not Mafuda Vorton. The horse I mentioned earlier, which could be the chance to get something going at odds if you've had a bad day at the gallops. We've all been there. First race is at 5.50. Horse called Always Rockin'. Now, Luke drives him. Now, on the the odds they bought up on the website, he's got $21, but that's not the tab odds. I'll be more than happy for 12 and, between 12 and 15. Those odds aren't available yet, but I think he'll be around those sort of odds. Has been racing in decent fields, the favourite's going to be a horse called Mighty Flying Art, drawn Barrier 1, who deserves to be favourite, but he was beaten on his merits last week. If you're looking for a roughie, if you have a tough day at the gallops tomorrow, boys, race one, number six, always rocking, could be double-figure odds, and you could get your chance. And then we get to one of my favourite things in racing. When I have a bet, as people know I do, I love a two-horse race. I love a race where there's... In the market's view, only two winning chances. That's to me sexy because I like to think, and often I'm wrong, I'm smart enough to make a case for one against the other and choose my bet. That's the last race tomorrow night. It's the Ainworth A-Star Trotters Mobile. It's over the mile. What you have are two very different horses. Drop the Hammer has been round for a long time. One of the best trotters in New South Wales. He's had 72 starts for 26 wins. Last week, he beat Tough Monarch, fair and square, in the same race. He's up against a horse called Funky Monkey, who has only had the five or six starts in New South Wales, won them all. Since joining Kerry Ann Morris and Robbie Morris, it's just been on a tear. Won the foundation final, has been to the trials twice in the last couple of weeks, and won both those. So the market doesn't know how to price them up. It knows the ability of the monkey, but Drop the Hammers got the more proven record, and they both got gate speed. I'm willing to go Drop the Hammer. I just think, in trotting more so than pacing, when you have those established, foolproof, good horses, and he's got gate speed, up against a horse and Funky Monkey who probably isn't here for a grand final and can't be race fit, even though the trials have been good. I'm always happy to go with the older, hardened warrior. The market's got them very similar, sort of each a two flip of the coin. I think race eight, number seven, drop the hammers a better bet because he's actually got, believe it or not, 39 rating points on the other horse. One's a rating 81, the other one's a rating 120, which is the highest rating you can have. So... He's the one to, to anchor out in your quaddy, maybe along two with Marfu Vought, and you can anchor those two. You can go bigger than the other two legs. So to spell it out to people, better than night is race seven, boys, uh, number six. Happy to go race eight, number seven. And if we're looking for value, because it's often hard to find at the trot, race six, number seven, bright energy, and way back at the start of the night, race one, Number six, always rocking. If you play into those, it'll give you something to base your quarties around, base your bets around, maybe some multis, and maybe a bit of fun during lockdown, boys, because we could all do with a bit of that. 
Oh, could we? What, mate? Um, what I might do is I might actually get you to text me those, Mick, uh, and I'll put them out on the socials uh, for our punters because there'll be a lot of people listening to this uh, that will be in lockdown and they'll be like, you know what? Having back to winner today at Ramwick, roll on to Menangle at uh, at 10 to 6. <laughs> hey, it, 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 boys, there's another one coming up tomorrow too, which is really interesting, and we don't see many of these. There's a horse in race two called number, number six, Ink Spot Shannon. Now, we mentioned the fact that Jason Grimson's team's just been on this crazy tear. They've been going super. This horse has been trained by the Bullocks, who are real good fellows out there at Bathurst. And it's been winning at Bathurst and, and just okay fields, sort of winning in that 154 range. But you can win at Bathurst in 154. I reckon it's two and a half, three seconds you take off when you get to Menangle. And Grimson's team's absolutely flying. It's a horse who might turn up in town and do a job, and Cameron Hart gets on tomorrow. Won't be long odds, but it's not often your tip horses coming from Bathurst, but from a, a smaller stable, to something like Grimson. It's another one of those horses who people who love that sort of thing might want to get into. So nice, fun night tomorrow night. There's a couple of long odds chances and a couple of others. Boys, I'll text them through to you because, as we all know, there's nothing worse than when you're wandering around talking to the boys or these days over the chat on the Snapchat and you're saying to people after the last at Randwick or Rose Hill, boys, I need a winner. So yep. we'll do our best to help out, fellas. I like it. Thanks so much, Mick Guerin. Uh, we'll get that up on the socials. Big night tomorrow night at Menangle. And harness racing as well. Uh, today in New South Wales, we've got Wagga, which gets underway in just under two hours' time. We've got Bathurst on the uh, program as well. Eight races from Bathurst. We're going to get to Matt Jackson now, who joins us for a look at Greyhound Racing tomorrow night. Uh, g'day, Matty. Yeah, good morning to you, Dave. How are you, mate? I'm well, mate. Uh, now, tomorrow night, where are you calling and what have you got for us? So we're down at Dapto tomorrow night as it stands at the moment. It's full eye one week Dapto the, the, the next as far as the Saturday nights are concerned. Come up with a couple of best bets. Um, race four, number three, sold to squeeze. There's a greyhound that possesses a lot of early pace on six of 20. Generally, when he's at the shorter trips, he, he begins brilliantly. And then when he steps up in distance, which you would think would, would be better suited to him if he could jump and run. He's, he's been a touch slow away, but I'm putting my faith in the fact that uh, he'll jump tomorrow night. He's yet to win over this distance at Dapto, but as I mentioned, he's missed the start on a few occasions, and he's been in strong races every time he has slightly missed the start. I think this is the easiest race he's been in for some time. He's, he's been jumping a lot better his last few starts, and just got the faith that if he jumps and runs and finds the front, he'll be winning uh, tomorrow night, race four, number three, Soul to Squeeze. And then my other best bet comes up in race nine, number seven, Zipping Nebraska. She's been beaten at her last three, uh, but she's been in really hot races, chasing home the likes of Sound of Silence and Super Estrada. She was beaten by Kylie Keeping, who she goes up against tomorrow night at Richmond last time. But I thought she had a few excuses, particularly early on in the race. She just never got clear running and and she, she's a greyhound that needs plenty of winding up. And when she got into the clear, it took her forever to get going. And she closed off strongly late. I think the outside draw will help her, the small field. And uh, she's within striking range mid-race. I think she's the one to beat race nine, number seven, Zipping Nebraska. So race four, number three, sold a squeeze. Race nine, number seven, Zipping Nebraska, my two bets at Dapto tomorrow night. All right, fantastic, mate. Um, what about uh, our next segment coming up? I think we've already we've spoken to you a lot about uh, you know your favourite moment at the track, etc. 
Well, in this next sort of half an hour, we're going to open up the phone lines and, and engage with the the listeners out there across New South Wales because we, we don't want to be talking about the other bad news in the world. But what's your favourite horse? What was the one horse, or it could be a dog, or it could be a, a standard breed, uh, a trotter, that uh, just made the hairs on the back of your neck stand up? That's a good question, actually. Um, I used to love Superimposed when I was when I was really young. I remember he got beaten, I think it was the 91 Melbourne Cup by Let's Elope. And I, because I grew up on the New South Wales side of the the border and I used to go to primary school in New South Wales and it wasn't recognised as a public holiday, even though we were on the border. So mum and dad used to come and pick us up from lunchtime and would go out to my aunties, watch the races. And I remember being in tears, watching Superimposed, oh, wow. being beaten by Let's Elope. I, I threw the toys out of the cot. I didn't understand that horse racing back then and now that you can get beaten. So toys are out of the cot. Um, and yeah, I was in tears. But So he was he was the one when I was really young. But I think my favourite horse of all time was was Courage Under Fire in the harness racing. What Being a New Zealander, obviously we didn't see a lot of him, particularly really early on in his career. But then when he did come across to, to Victoria... I think his his first time over here was the Victoria Derby, and he blew them away. And he was he was almost pony sized. He was just this little tiger that was just incredible. And I remember I went to a meeting where he ran at Shepparton, which was about forty five minutes from home, a little country town. And I went across with my cousin, my dad, and my uncle, and just the the atmosphere that was there for a country meeting to get a crowd. I've never seen a crowd like it at a country racetrack. There was people everywhere. We were, we were right on the fence. Like at his stall, there was hundreds of people just wanting to catch a glimpse of this little pocket rocket. And he basically, he, he didn't have a care in the world, stood there, head down, almost half asleep. And then yeah, when it came time for action, he was just incredible. Like this, this little horse who, he, he was, he was, his legs just pumped a hundred miles an hour, but, he was he was so good to watch, and it was a shame that when he got to got out of his three year old year, he just had some some foot issues that probably just halted him, and we didn't quite see the best of him as an older horse. But in saying that, he was still an incredible animal. But I think if he had stayed down, he might have been something very special, and we could have been talking about him as being the greatest harness horse of all time, mate. I'll tell you what, even just hearing people talk about their favourite horse, uh, it's like when you talk about, you know, your your most favourite moment in sport and stuff like that. And I remember we, the guys do it on the Big Sports Breakfast weekend with their sport topic and also on the BSB with their talk back. Uh, I love it. So, mate, good luck tonight uh, tomorrow night at uh, DAPTO. And I'll tell you what, if you're not doing it in this next half an hour, Matty, listen in to Sky Sports Radio because we're going to open up as I said, the phone lines. I want to hear. And on the text line too, 0419 Your favourite horse of all time. And the horse, though, that just made the hairs on the back of your neck stand up. Give us a call, 135353, and we'll, uh, we'll have some good radio coming up. Thanks, Matty. Cheers, mate. Enjoy your day.